We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rockets will lose their fifth straight and drop to 11 and 15. Yeah, but the Knicks only averaging 102 points. Look at what they put up tonight. And look what the Rockets scored. So the Knicks steal a tenacious defense and now a very harmonious offense propelling them. The Knicks win it 121 to 99. Here at Madison Square Garden. All righty. Giddy up. I like that. Uh, I like that. 22-point win. Um, I just looked it up. The Knicks coming into tonight had been outscored by 19 points on this season. So now, with said 22-point victory, uh, the New York Knicks, yes, your New York Knicks, have a positive net rating on the season. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that we could say that after after 28 games. Um, think about that for a second. I mean, I, I, I come in here and I, I wax poetic about Tom Thibodeau all night long. I love waxing poetic about Tom Thibodeau. It is my favorite pastime that does not involve drinking, even though it often does involve drinking. Um, because I think he's done a really good job, but I, I, I don't know how, you know, this team just lost its its starting center, and that I don't know. Regardless of what you think about Mitchell Robinson, I think coming into the year and certainly this season so far, he was arguably their fourth most important player. And then they're playing; it's a back to back. They just played last night. Um, you had to get on a plane or a bus or a train or a boat or whatever to get to New York today. 
And um, they came in and they beat a team that has been struggling to be sure, but they kicked the shit out of them and they kicked the shit out of them in a way that they really should have kicked the shit out of them even more. Um, this was a 22 point victory. It felt like it should have been more than 30 because of how many shots they were missing in the first half. And they kind of got a little sloppy there in the, in the third quarter. Um, but anyway, back to tips for a second, you know, this team was picked to win 22 and a half games. Um, or Vegas had them, uh, that was their over-under. I shouldn't say they were picked to win, but you know, that, that over-under came out and nobody was like, oh, that's crazy. The Knicks under Tom Thibodeau should never be picked to win. That should not be their over-under. It should be higher than that. Nobody said that. I mean, us Knicks fans may have believed that. I thought, you know, they would win more than, than that. I picked the over, but around the league, it was like, okay, yeah, that's fair. 22 and a half sounds about right. And now this is their 13th win. And I, I think, you know, there's still two games under 500. Nothing is set in stone. They could still fall out of the playoff race. Um, you know, they still have a lot of deficiencies. But the fact that they're, again, have a positive scoring margin more than a third of the way into the season, and this, uh, given the expectations, is just massive. It's massive. And it's massive for this franchise right now that just – and, again, I, I know I sound like a, a, a broken record because I always go back to this. They needed positive positive vibes this year. They needed something to be good. They couldn't just dwell in the muck. It didn't mean they needed to win 50 games or even make the play if, playoffs, play in, whatever. But they needed to feel good about the season. And now this Nick team can feel good about this year. Um, and I think – the pieces are in place for them to continue to feel good about this year moving forward. Um, <laughs> man, young Lito um, with the, in the super chat. Hey, Macri, RJ feels like the fourth guard in the rotation. I'll get to RJ. RJ didn't have a good night. Um, RJ was the one downer, but I'm, I'm going to be positive tonight because I think there was a lot to be positive about starting with um, Mr. Emmanuel quickly. So Emmanuel quickly ended uh, tonight with, 20 points, I believe, on 19 shots. Or not, not 19 shots. Ah, excuse me. Actually, 20 points on 19 shots. That's like an Alfred Payton line. Um, Emmanuel, quickly, 20 points on nine shots. Excuse me, nine. Nine times he shot it. Um, I looked it up. Uh, he is the third youngest Nick ever to do that behind uh, Danilo Gallinari and uh, one Frank Nilakina in uh, Washington last year so yeah definitely emmanuel quickly's most efficient game as a pro um i thought randall was i mean randall's the best player on the knicks every night but uh i think emmanuel quickly probably takes the cake tonight because wait did he have 22 oh shit i missed one what did i miss i damn uh i was looking at a uh, non-updated um statue 22 points excuse me 22 points on nine shots that's what I get for not updating my page. Uh, apologies to Emmanuel quickly. Um, I thought our, uh, Julius Randle was the best player tonight, but I thought Emmanuel quickly was the most important player. Uh, hey, David. David Crockett is in the chat. What's up, Dave? Uh, you could really see the defensive rotations and which three-point shots they're giving up. Um, I want to talk about the defense in a sec. I want to close up my, my thought on, on quickly. Um, the three-pointer that he hit when he checked into the game in the third quarter, was absolutely massive because, again, as Knicks fans, 
we've all watched these games over years and years and years and years and years when they they're playing pretty well, but they're sloppy and you know, the game's about to get away and you give a team hope and a team is going to take advantage of that hope and they're going to do good things. And then quickly comes in, he hits a three and then a couple of minutes later hits another three and then boom, game is out of, out of, out of reach. Uh, So I thought, again, he was the most important player of the night, the bench unit, uh, two random free throws at the end. I think I was coming back and forth to set up my my laptop. That's why I missed that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so fantastic job from Quickly. Um, Randall was really good. Let's talk about the defense because they gave up. Make sure I don't screw this up. Um, they gave up 99 points tonight, which is oh, – I'm doing this off the top of my head. Is it the seventh time they give it up under 100 this year? Seventh, eighth, seventh or eighth, something like that. Whatever it is, it's a good deal. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> somebody, sneaker PMD, bro, I need a video every day for my 40 minute weekday commute. LOL, more content. Dude, I'm try- I'm pumping up as much as I can. I got, I got these videos after every game. I got you know, three podcasts a week. I'll see what else we could do. Um, anyway, the defense. Under 100 points tonight, granted, um, you know, came against a little bit of a decimated uh, Houston team. Uh, somebody just just correctly gave credit to R.J. Barrett. Um, I'm not sure if R.J. is their best perimeter defender. He's in the conversation. I do think Bullock has been a good perimeter defender this year. But I think R.J., yeah, you could call R.J. their best perimeter defender. I think that's fair. And what I like about R.J., before I get to the not-so-good stuff tonight, um, he doesn't let his struggles shooting um, affect his play elsewhere. He still looks to make the right play. He still looks to make the right pass. He's still defending really hard. Uh, he's defending effectively. Um, I just, yeah, Bullock Island, baby. Here we go. Robert Cross, shout out. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, RJ is still doing that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, let's let's talk about RJ. His final stat line I'm going to guess it was what, three for 10? Uh, It was two for eight. So two for eight, which is encouraging in that he didn't keep forcing it. He kind of knew he didn't have it, and he, you know, tried to do some other stuff. Uh, He did lead the team, I believe, with five assists. Yes, that is correct. So, again, good stuff. Um, Look, he's struggling a little bit. He's also 20 years old. And – his struggles are uh, the type of struggles that, uh, for me at least, were a little bit foreseeable before this year um, because I still think he is uncomfortable at times around the basket. And I still think, again, I apologize. I, I repeat things in here because they're the things that I think. But I, I wish he would just take more time and he would be more patient. And instead of trying to blow by these bigger guys, um, if he, he has to be better at knowing when he doesn't have that step on the, on the big, because we've seen him a couple times. He did it a few nights ago and he did it against, uh, it was against Utah a few weeks ago where when he gets the step and he could get that extension and the extension doesn't draw him, uh, too far away from the rim and he could extend but kind of towards the basket, he can convert those looks. Um, it's when he's trying to, like, whiz by guys, but the big keeps up with him. 
So it's a subtle thing. It's a small thing. But I, I hope RJ gets a little bit better at recognizing that. And hey, if you don't have it on the blow by, you need to have that ability to stop on a dime, flip around, and you know try something else, or kick out to the corner, or kick out to whoever else is nearby. Like those passes will be there for him, which is good. And he here's the nice thing: he draws attention. I know he's struggling around the rim, but when he drives. Guys, pay attention to him. So, rough night for RJ. I'm not going to get too crazy about it. Um, Alfred Marcial asks, um, Jonathan, I've been meaning to ask you, what do you think is Emmanuel Quickly's ceiling? Um, I think his ceiling is raised if he can continue to make shots around the rim like he made tonight. I tweeted it out because, I, look, I love the floater. Um, the floater is, is a gift from God. But – he, he needs to be able to do some other stuff in terms of finishing around the rim. And he did that a couple times tonight. It's first game all year. I could remember him finishing around the rim in a way other than the floater uh, multiple times in the same game. The three-point shot's going to be there. What is his ceiling? It depends what he could become as a playmaker. I mean, I think knowing if he gets the ability – to make the right read and make the available pass. He doesn't need to make the crazy pass. He just needs to make the right pass, the available play that is there for him. If he could do that, he could be a starting point guard for a good NBA team. I see no, no reason why, why not. He could shoot off the dribble. He could shoot off the catch. His range extends well beyond the three-point line. Um, and if he could get the stuff around the rim up to a, a, a good enough level – why can't he be a starting point guard on a really good NBA team? Does that mean he's like the third best player on a, on a contender? I, I'm, I'm not willing to say that yet, but you know, he's a, he's a bucket. And, and to, to be quite honest with you, I'm less concerned with whether his long-term role is as a 30 minute a game starter at point guard or a 30 minute a game, six man off the bench. That's less, that's less interesting to me than what is he able to do in terms of advancing the parts of his game that can bring him from really fun, energetic, you know, piece to, holy shit, this is a guy that's a piece of the puzzle for a long time. Um, I wish he would take more mid-range shots that his, uh, that's his game right now. I'm not sure if you talk about RJ or, or quickly. Um, I think you're talking about RJ, which I agree with. Um, Someone, John Park, Burks played more minutes than RJ. Yeah, that's because RJ was bad tonight. I don't know what else you want. Like, the notion that if if, if that Tom Thibodeau, in a game that he is trying to win, should play the guy that's having the much worse game. And, I, look, I know Burks didn't shoot it well tonight, but Burks is a guy that if you leave out there, um, like, he is never not going to be an attention grabber from the defense. And I know – I trust me, I get that he um, he was one of five from three tonight. But Burks could be one of six, one of seven, one of eight. Like, he is always going to strike fear into the hearts of, of defenses when he's out there. He extends the floor. Um, you know, RJ didn't have it. I, I don't really have much of an issue with, with Tibbs playing um, Burks more minutes than RJ. Uh, Tyler Sanders, Burks led the plus-minus two games in a row. That's not an accident. Like – he is the closest thing the Knicks have to a guy that defenses they like 
the moment he catches the ball, Alec Burks, if he has three feet of space, it's going up. And that's a really valuable part, especially for this team. who doesn't have anybody else who could really do that. Bullock's not quite at that level. So um, Pete Cruz, Obi Dunk was great. Yeah, I kind of glossed over that play, play towards the end. Knox to Obi Toppin. I mean, that's just beautiful stuff. You love to see that. I thought um, <laughs> Clyde, what's a plus minus? Uh, the chat is fun tonight. Um, uh, that was great. Obi did hit a three tonight. Josh uh, Arison said um, Obi's three is not great, but he shows flashes, and that's enough for now. That is enough for now. And I, I've you know, said it a few times this year. We all got duped, me included, by this notion of like, oh, he's 22. He's going to come in and he's going to be a ready-made product. Here's where he is polished, and we saw it tonight a couple times. He's polished in that if he gets space around the rim, he could convert. He's going to finish. And I think his back-to-the-basket game, um, in certain situations, is a real, real, real plus. And I think it's going to be a big boon to the second unit, which, my God, I've been talking for 50 minutes, and I haven't even mentioned Derrick Rose. Uh, boy. Ooh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Joseph uh, Raimondi, what's Derrick Rose's ceiling? I'm pretty sure Derrick Rose's ceiling is uh, MVP. Um I'll say this about Derrick Rose, and I, I have not uh, been shy about hiding my feelings about Derrick Rose when he was here the first time. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was okay with the trade. I wasn't in love with the trade. But what he brings to the second unit, between him and Quickly, and, um, oh, God, I saw it. I, I've written about it uh, or uh, already. Someone pointed out on Twitter also in the last few days that the fact that quickly does not have to initiate the offense now on the second unit and wrote he, and again, it's not that he won't ever initiate the offense. It's not like it's going to be a Alonzo Trier situation where, you know, you got whoever else playing alongside of him and it's just like, it doesn't, it's like oil and, and, and water like with Rose out there, Quickly will still get his opportunities to run the offense. And Rose has become um, enough of a, a positive off ball to make that relationship work. But at the same time, Rose creating creating for Quickly and then having Burks' shooting out there. And then, again, once Toppin comes along, and I really meant that. I tweeted this out and some people pushed back on it. Taj Gibson, corner three maven. It's coming. It's coming, folks. You heard it here first. Um, I, I think like even just having a center on the floor that you could put in the corner and like a defense can't completely ignore him, I think will be um, a help to the second unit as well. Uh, we'll start taking some more questions. Uh, Rose seems mentally to be zoned in. Completely agree. Hey, Max, what's going on, Max? How you doing? Um, yeah. And, and if Rose is invested, that's a valuable thing to have. And I think Rose knows he needs to be invested because of who the coach is. Um, do you think Tibbs will think about bringing up as uh, Adam Johnson Jr., Justin Patton from the G League, to have a third big man on the bench? So, unfortunately, uh, the way that NBA contract rules work is you can't just bring them up. Um, the Knicks already have two two ways, and if they wanted to sign someone, even to a ten day contract, they would have to waive uh, someone on the roster. And I don't believe the Knicks are. Um, you know, I don't believe the Knicks are intent on waiving anybody. If they trade someone, 
Um, maybe they waive the guy that they uh, bring back in the trade, but that's the only way that I could see. But that's besides the point. I think Tibbs, look, if Tibbs wants to play five out and put a stretch five on the floor, he'll play Obi at the five, you know, and he'll he'll have Julius Randle there at the four for for defense. My God, I I things I did not think I would say last year. Have Julius Randle out there for defense. Oh boy, what a world, what a world. Uh, but Julius Randle's playing really good defense, even if he still doesn't protect the rim. Um, <laughs> Tim Wedmore, 100K for 10% equity is in Knicks film school is looking a lot better if the Knicks keep winning. I agree 100%. Um, is there room for Knox in this rotation right now from uh, Charlie Koenig? Is there room for Knox in the rotation right now? Um, no. No. Not unless they make a trade. And right now, man, um, you know, we're 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 fans, so we get over exuberant. Um and uh I probably shouldn't be doing this because these two wins have come against the, the Wizards without Bradley Beal and a decimated Rockets team. Um but I wanna see I wanna see them roll with this rotation for a while. Um I know Knox is out, it's not a death knell. He's not entering restricted free agency. Like Frank Nelakina being out of the rotation, that's like the writing's on the wall. He's going to be a restricted free agent. Kevin Knox having another year left on his rookie deal. Um, and I, I do believe for as much as the organization will, will insert him into trade discussions if they feel it is prudent to do so, meaning if they really feel they could get a significant piece, and I, I don't I don't know what that what that piece would be. Um, I don't think they're out on him by any stretch of the imagination. And I think the fact that he's out of the rotation now is is by no means a, a death knell to his his future in New York. So I, I'm still holding on my onto my Kevin Knox stock. Um, what bench scrub is going to be the fan favorite? Theo Pinson, baby. Theo Pinson all the way. Every day, twice on Sunday. Um, yeah, I agree with, with James. I still see a good player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Knox, smooth stroke, can rebound, handle the ball. He could also uh, bring the ball up the floor, which is an underrated aspect of his game. Um, I thought he made strides on defense this year. I know it wasn't all pretty. The, here's the tough thing: if you're going to play for Tibbs right now, you have to be you have to be a good defender. Like they don't have any bad defenders in their rotation, which is why. Hold on, live update. Let's see if let's see if uh, 
NBA um, advanced stats has updated its uh, uh, ranking yet. No, no, we're still at 107.4. I'll, I'll check back in a few minutes. I love checking these defensive rating rankings after these games. It's my favorite thing to do. All right, let's get a fun one in here. Zach Santos asks, what is your perfect offseason? Um, signing Kawhi Leonard to a max contract. Um, that would be my perfect offseason. Uh, no, I mean – uh, getting a getting Cade Cunningham in the draft. I don't know. Realistic offseason. I think my perfect offseason would be. Um. Hmm. I don't think. Here's my thing. I don't think my perfect offseason is going to come by a free agency, because I just. It's a. It's another. It's another shitty market. I re- I'm starting really to not want to pay Victor Oladipo whatever he's going to want to to come to New York. Um, I you know actually uh, Nick fans are going to hate me for this. My perfect off season would involve. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want to see what Spencer did and what he wants. I, I hate him. He's such a dick. I've said it before on this these live streams. He is just an absolute dick. But that guy could play, and the Nets are not going to have the money to keep him. And, you know, I, I don't know what the medical situation is, um, but I like that guy. And every, every time I've ever seen him play, he just – all he does is impress me. He's not a perfect player. I get it. The three-point shot's not great, but he's still pretty young. I would just, I would just want to see what he wants. Um, somebody's like, why? Because he's good. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player. Uh, you know, sorry. I, again, I, I knew I was going to get killed for that. But if you want me to be honest, that's my honest answer. I'd want, I'd want to see what he wants. Um, because there's no one else out out there on the market that even remotely excites me. Um, in terms of free agency, at least. Like, I'd rather have Spencer Dinwiddie than Lonzo Ball, ten times out of ten. Um, especially at what they're probably going to cost. Um, but other than that, you know, play the trade market. We'll see. Um, yeah. Um, Art, who was that? I missed that comment. I, I got to look for it because everybody else is killing me. Uh, Artie uh, Alderondo. Spencer is the guy you probably love when he's on your team. Yeah, you love him when he's on your team. Because he's like, he's rah-rah guy, but he's also a guy that could put up 30 on any given night. Um, but whatever. Let's. We don't need to talk about Spencer Dewey. Um, what else do we got? A stretch five for the second unit. I would love that. Very good comment. Um, Lowry. Lowry was the first name that came to mind when, when I saw that question about perfect off season. Does he want to come here? And if he, if he wants to come here, is he going to want like what? Two years, $50 million. I don't know that I want to give Kyle Lowry two years and $50 million at the age of whatever he is, 34 years old. Um, I'd love – I mean, for one year, I'd love him. I'd even go two years if it was at the right number. Eric Gordon. Thank you, Dane Kilmore, for asking about Eric Gordon. I was thinking about Eric Gordon earlier tonight because Eric Gordon, um, a, probably a season ago, you would have looked at him and said, Eric Gordon has the worst contract in basketball because he looked like his game had the, – the game had passed him by. He still has a lot of years left on the deal. It's not a good deal. It's an overpay. I wonder, though. 
with all of these extra picks that the Rockets got from the Nets in this James Harden deal, would they, is Tillman Fertitta so cheap that he would want to use one of those picks to send Eric Gordon out and bring back a cheaper player? Um, by the way, Elias Lopez mentions Drew Holiday. I don't consider Drew Holiday a free agent. He's going to resign in Milwaukee. I know he's technically a free agent, but I think he's going to um, sign in Milwaukee. Um, I don't know. Like, I think Eric Gordon still has some game in him, but boy, you got to get an asset to take on that contract because right now he's a guy that's he's waking, he's making just way too much money. So probably no one Eric Gordon, but like if the Rockets were were looking to give away a pick to offload him, I'd I'd look at what they were offering. Um, where are we going to slot Gordon? Put him on the bench. Um, again, keep in mind this roster might change a lot uh, before next year. As somebody mentions Gary Trent Jr., I feel like I get asked about Gary Trent Jr. at least once a night when I do these. I, I'm not looking to pay Gary Trent Jr. You know, four for sixty-four, uh, which is what he's going to cost. I'm sorry. Like again, talk about things that it just will get me buried in quicksand. I would rather give like Dinwiddie two years, thirty million dollars, than give Gary Trent Jr. four for sixty-four, which is I think the minimum of what he's going to cost. Um, that's just me, but you know, cause you, again, you could find shooters. You could, you want Gary Trent Jr. Go draft Corey Kispert. Like Corey Kispert's going to make as much in his first three years as a pro as Gary Trent Jr. is going to make next year on his contract. Does it mean Corey Kispert is going to be as good of a shooter as Gary Trent Jr.? Of course not. But there's a decent shot that he is, and you could get that dude probably with the Dallas pick or with our pick because our pick's looking like it's going to be not that great either. Um, what else can Dinwiddie shoot? Not really. That's why you can get him for cheap. Uh, okay, a couple more. Somebody just says Delonte West in the chat. I'm not sure why. Uh, I give two firsts for Levine. Uh, it depends what the firsts are. Uh, if one of the firsts is the 2023 Dallas pick, um, and you could protect the other first, then yes, I agree. Um, if the Knicks do well without Mitch, do they, this is from Jonas Plout, do they get negotiating leverage? Does that make Mitch more expendable? Ooh. I'm going to end it on this because I think this is a good question. I thought this earlier today as I was making um, a leftover chicken colored sandwich for myself. I had this exact thought at that exact time. What if they go out and they basically don't fall off on defense without Mitchell Robinson? I'm I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it's I think they'd be lucky to be a top 15 defense without Mitch. We saw that in the first half by the way tonight. The Rockets were they were parading to the rim. Um but for argument's sake, let's say the defense doesn't fall off that much. What do the Knicks do? Yeah, I think it matters from a negotiating standpoint. <laughs> because if you're the Knicks, and you're like, yeah, we know you're really good at defense, but you're a limited offensive player. Um, we're a little bit worried about the fact that you're, you know, kind of, kind of an oddball, to put it to put it politely. Um, you know, and they go to him and like, we'll give you three for thirty, you know, or four for four for forty, or four for thirty six, or 
you know, like here, here you want to, you want to know the Mitchell Robinson um, negotiating tactic is to go and show them, show his agent, whichever it may be by the time that they t- come around to negotiating that contract, show them the deal that Christian Wood got and be like, Christian Wood did some good stuff for a not great team. And he got this contract and that contract was, I think three for 42. Right. And be like, you don't do any of the things on offense that this guy does. And we know you do some really good stuff on defense, but offense is more important than defense. And we just showed you the ability to be a workable defense without you and have that be your negotiating standpoint, your, 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 your negotiating starting point and be like, we'll give you three for 30 and see what Mitch says. Um, that's what I do. I, I personally, I think there's a decent chance they, um, don't, uh, decline his team option for next year. And they let him play out the final year of his contract for $1.8 million. I think that it depends you know, I don't know what the, how they want to play that with the agent. Cause that would be, I'm sure Mitch isn't going to like that. Um, but if I had to guess right now, that's what my guess would be that what they would do. <laughs> Yellow. I did put a little bit of on it. Thank you, Robert Cross. Um, no marinara. I put some balsamic vinaigrette. Um, and uh, yeah, four for 40 would really be great. Um, Mitch pulls out phone to post the IG story. Good comment from Nathaniel Perez. All right. Um, it is 1048. I am going to head uh, back to the couch and I think begin um the latest to all the boys i've loved movie with my wife uh as valentine's day is now an hour and 12 minutes away as i sit here and i record this so it is my husbandly duty to watch to all the boys what is this she's inside she can't hear me what is this latest movie called to all the boys i've loved eternally to all the boys i've never loved i don't know what i've lost track of these movies so but anyway, I'm going to go watch that, which I'm sure will be stellar. And uh, I will see you all in a few days. And until then, have a happy Valentine's Day. Subscribe to the Knicks Film School le- uh, newsletter. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. And give us a thumbs up and the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> get some more drinks. All right. I'll see everybody later. Enjoy your the rest of your weekend. Be well. Be well.